I'm so excited because you just told me that one of my favorite features of Visual Studio 2017 is finally available in Visual Studio for Mac. It's Clippy, isn't it? It's going to be Clippy. Is it Clippy? As we dove into your super fancy schmancy editor that predicts what I'm going to write, I mm-hmm. then had a conversation today about an IntelliCode and your plugin with some Python people here at Microsoft. And they're like, you know what's going to happen is eventually Clippy's going to come back. And it's like, did you really mean? Or it's like, I see that you're writing. I see that you're writing an HTTP call. Would you like to automatically deserialize the JSON? Oh, Clippy, I would love to do that. You know? Yeah. I, I, wow. I can't believe we completely avoided that topic when we were talking about it. But that's perfect. I can't wait for that world. Uh, how, how bad could it be? Uh, pretty Clippy. bad, huh? Clippy comes in. <laughs> I see that you've written an absolute null exception here. Would you like me to fix it so it's not null? It literally will be null. Man, I, I miss Clippy. Uh, Do you miss Clippy? I miss Clippy. You know, I, I, I guess I miss the idea of Clippy, but I don't think Clippy ever really worked for me. What Clippy worked when I would try to write a letter. Are you trying to write a letter? And I think sometimes it tried to guess like a research paper. Like, is that a title and an opening thesis? <laughs> just like, but it, it just never kind of worked. But I, I, I love the idea of Clippy. I think we just haven't quite succeeded in hitting that wonderful idea of what Clippy could be. Do you think Clippy was just ahead of its time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we were weren't, weren't these apps still running in like six forty k of memory or something? I don't yeah. remember. <laughs> I guess it was like Windows ninety five times. So not quite so bad, but yeah, we didn't even have neural networks back then. So nowadays we could make like the most annoying clip you could ever imagine that would work eighty percent of the time, and that twenty percent will frustrate you beyond belief, and it'll be awesome. It's probably better than what was happening, which is Clippy worked 2% of the time and 98% of the time did not work. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are advancing. That's good to know. But isn't so Clippy like, is, I mean, Clippy is kind of like the ultimate mascot though. Let's be honest. Like if you were to do a neural network that was to do predictive analysis of code or of anything, like Clippy is the ultimate mascot, is he not? Uh, well, she not? Hal. It? Hal. I don't know what it is. And Hal, Hal. don't forget. from mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's those two. It's it's a battle between Clippy and Hal. You know, the problem with Hal happens to be that we all know what happens with Hal. So what it's kind of, well, I mean, it's kind of bad news at the end of that movie. Uh, no, I mean, people survived, you know, a few people were lost, but the robot was mostly right. What'd you say? 98%? 80% right? <laughs> 80% right, 80-20, 80-20 split, right? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, devil's in that last 20%. It's always the hardest. So we're not talking about neural networks this week. Sorry, fans of the show, listeners of the show. <laughs> we know that you wanted it, but no, not happening. This week, we are talking about, not about clean code, because that has a lot of things behind it. I need to read a bunch of research papers, but I think mm. we really want to focus on kind of the styling and the conventions that go into code. And that feature that I was talking about is editor config. Oh, that's perfect because I wanted to talk about editor config too. So what great timing. Yeah, it's, um, I, 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 I was laughing at myself because visual studio for Mac has gotten editor config support. And for the first time, I'm getting a bunch of analyzers just kind of, you know, rampaging through the code. It's all built into Roslyn now and flagging all sorts of terrible mistakes, all sorts of style changes I've made. You know, you think you're consistent, but it turns out uh, without 
analyzers. I'm just all over the place. So mm-hmm. let's talk about cleaning up that code. Yeah, it's it's. I would say that this is actually a two part because it's not just about cleaning up my code. It's really about helping me and others contribute to open source projects with proper styling across IDEs and across implementations of whatever your editor happens to be set at as your preference to ensure that, hey, you know, we're all using the same thing for this project. Because this was the worst thing for the long time was that I would, and that's all set up the scenario here is I would, I would be happy in Visual Studio. So I would open Visual Studio. I use the defaults. Okay. It sounds crazy, but when I select C sharp as my default, well, guess what? I'm using C sharp, which means that I'm using indenting smart tab size four insert spaces. Okay. Just that's what I do. Yeah. Indent right. size five. Okay. <laughs> that's what I do. Cause that's a default. Now there's some other individuals out there. I don't want to name names. <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm sane. I like to keep squiggles, curly braces on new lines because that's where they belong on new lines. Cause we can read, we have big monitors, big, beautiful two or four K monitors. Some have two, some have four um, K monitors. <laughs> um, our patrons now know what we're talking about. Uh, You're cracking me up <laughs> now. I, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a little bit of a comedian. Now, what's beautiful here is that when people decide they want to use eight spaces and they want to insert tabs into things and they want all sorts of crazy conventions, when I go to contribute code, well, guess what? My IDE is like, nah, fam, like I'm going to do my thing. Like, I don't care about you. And then you get that git diff and you're like, oh, like, look at all these spaces, you know, and you just can't get around and you have to figure it out and you can go back and forth, back and forth trying to clean up your code. So editor config says, hey, at a project or solution level or sub project level, let's just define how you want your conventions to be at a high level. Is that about right, yeah. Frank? Yep, you nailed it. And oh, Lord, let's go back to that. Uh, the, the PRs to projects that are kind of white space changes. And I always felt so bad about these because someone would say, oh, I added this little feature and you'd kind of squint and look and maybe you could see the feature. But what you have is 8,000 lines of changes because the curly brace moved. As you said, some people, for some reason, have different opinions on that. And so it was just always heartbreaking because you would write back and say, hey, can you not do that? And then they're like, well, I just copy and pasted it. And that's what the editor did. So la-di-da, I can't redo it. So then you have to close it and hand merge it. And it's terrible. So thank goodness. Let's get out of that world. But, you know, uh, there's one nice addition I've actually noticed uh, with the newest Visual Studios that has helped here, too, is, you know, when you hit like semicolon or close curly brace, it reformats your code for you. So even if you're a sloppy typist like me, it makes it all kind of pretty. Uh, do you remember that used to do kind of the whole document all at once? So even if someone was editing just a little bit, it would still wipe through the whole document. Uh, yeah. So thank God we're out of that day because SQLite, you know, my one file <laughs> library, uh, had lots of various coding conventions throughout its history <laughs> and was super inconsistent. So anytime anyone touched it like that, it would just destroy it. Yeah, it's 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 a problem that that we just want to, I want to work on the code and I want to write, help, help write code and run co- and do code faster. 
and I don't want to be bogged down by these other little things. But it's really important because, you know, there's nothing worse than actually opening a project and there's weird spaces and tabs and all these different things going on. Um, so I'm glad that there is Git diff and like, I'm glad that you can see these differences, but it is, it is a pain point just in general. And, and that's where editor config kind of swoops in, you know, and Mm -hmm. what's interesting about editor config is like, it's not a Microsoft project. It's its own thing. Yeah. It seems to have come out of the web kind of open source community because they were having obviously all the same issues we were of just, um, yeah, white space issues mostly. (laughs) And so it's, it's actually a very flexible format when you start to look at it because it's just a bunch of named parameters, which actually makes it a little difficult to edit because you got to go get a big reference guide and figure out what options are available, but it's a pretty free form format that can be applied to all sorts of files, not just code files, but markdown files and, I don't know, CSV files, you know, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's really verbose because how it works is that you apply these, it's almost like markdown. It's almost like a markdown ish type of weird language of its own, I would say, because you have this little identifier. So you could say bracket star bracket, which means apply to everything. Or you could do bracket star dot CS, which means like apply to only CS files or, you know, certain directories and certain matching exact file names. So you could say only apply this to package.json. So you can have them very verbose or just very generic. And I actually have editor config files on every single one of my plugins and in Xamarin Essentials. And uh, how I did that is I I think I just grabbed most of the .NET ones and then I just (laughs) kind of redid them myself. I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. (laughs) I've been copying around one editor config from project to project, you know, slowly populating it through everything. And I honestly can't remember where I got it the first time. Um, from the internet, I suppose. And I found all sorts of weird decisions in it over time. And we can talk about that a little later, all the configurability options. Um, But (laughs) I do wonder, like, um, what options am I missing? I really need to, like, get the reference guide and look at that file because I did just copy and paste it and I've copy and pasted it a million times now. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued because, yeah, they are very specific. So what happened is that each of the different languages and features created their own set of rules. So there's some that are very high level generic, like indent style, space or tab, you know, an indent yeah. size um, that you have, you know, and you can specify that like on JSON, I do two and then on everything else I do four. And there's a nice extension for Visual Studio 2017, I want to say yeah. that Mads Kirsterson did and that one gives you like IntelliSense so you could say like it'll just tell you all of them like you'll be like dot like I can do dot underscore underscore dot net I can do dot net underscore and there's naming rule naming style all these and then when you say equals it'll also fill in anything that it possibly can so it's actually quite nice (laughs) 
Yeah, that is very nice. And also, there are some funny peculiarities with it, like the value side. Sometimes you can say, like, <clears throat> for instance, if you think that you should use var everywhere instead of variable names, that's an option in there. It's very cool. So it's not just white space and things like that. But I can say, I don't ever want to say the type of my variables because I'm new age and I just don't care about that kind of stuff. And you can put that in there. But you can also say, is this a suggestion or is this a requirement? Is it kind of optional? You know, is it a preference or I don't know, maybe you could make build errors off of it. You'll have you to can. talk to that. You can. Yeah. 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 Okay. Tell me more. So you, uh, is that tricky or you can just do that? No. So you just say, so here I have one that's called, um, .NET qualification for field, or maybe that's a bad okay. one. Let's see if I can find a good one. <laughs> the um, names are kind of terrible. So thank God you have that intelligence. Yeah. So let me see. There's. Here we go. This is a good one. These, this one actually is have set to error. So this is my C sharp rule for always using var everywhere. <laughs> so, yes. so there's, there's three of them. There's one, uh, style var for built-in types var when type is apparent var elsewhere. So literally just like everywhere else. Um, right. yeah. so I say, you can say true or false. So like, what's the default value? Like, Oh, false. Like I don't care. Right. But if you have it true, so it has to be true. It has to be var. You can say, um, warning. So that'll actually pop up as a warning. You can say suggestion and that'll give you a little triple dot like in gray underneath. And I'll say, Hey, you should probably do this, but then you just say error. And it's just a build error. Now it is a build error. It's a build error in the IDE, not necessarily in CI. Okay. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. So they don't run the analyzers in CI. I'm surprised someone hasn't made a NuGet package to make that work. As far as I know, as far as I know. Now, style cop, right. style cop will do that automatically okay. for you. So that's a whole, yeah, we, we should definitely talk about that. Is there anything else about the uh, editor config we should mention, though? Because I do, I do love its configurability. You were saying, like, uh, well, you, you said it's Markdown-ish. It's not Markdown-ish. It's the old INI file format from oh. Windows. Do you remember that? It is, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just it brings back memories of editing like config.sys and DOS. So it's it actually has a Microsoft feel to it. I love that. But um, what other options have you found interesting in it? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, the ones I obviously find the standard ones of tabs, spaces, tab, you know, the tab with things like that. Uh, I really think that using things such as var, lowercase, Pascal casing, all of these are really important to me, like as I'm coding. Um, there's things, you know, using null propagation or coalescing, uh, or just different object initializers. And what's nice here is it's like basically lighting up additional features. And I think, you know, the default analyzers do it, but this gives you very, you know, granular control to really get it to, to highlight and pop out for you. So it's not like, oh, I'm not just refactoring. It's like, oh, I want this in my face and I really want it to be apparent to me. Um, so those are the ones that I use. And of course I use all my new line settings. So I'm a big fan of new lines everywhere for everything. And you can, you can just do that. And, and what's nice here is that guess what? Now, if you open it in VS 2017 or VS for Mac, when someone goes to contribute it, it, the editor just takes these for that project. Now, my favorite feature though, I mentioned in the beginning is that this can be at a solution or a per projects, you know, setting and it cascades. 
Yeah. And actually, this was confusing me a tiny bit when uh, it first was released for VS Mac. I wasn't sure just how magical the feature was, because I knew in general you were supposed to just put this file kind of at the root of your solution. Or, as you said, you can add it to the project folders and hope it'll get picked up for other projects. What I didn't know at the time was, like, do you inherit things? Like, does it take the solution one and merge the project one? I also didn't know if you had to actually add them into the solutions and projects themselves, like into the csproj file. Did you have to add it in the IDE? But what I found so far is, nope, you don't have to do any of that. It's just using the directory, its location on the disk, and looking for editor config files, which is basically what you want. So you don't have to mess around with a bunch of loose files in your projects. Yeah. And the nice thing is that it actually works with all sorts of IDs. So it works with, I'm looking on their website, it works with app code, Atom, Bracket, C-Lion, Coda, CodeBlocks, Eclipse, Emacs, <laughs> Genie, G-Edit. JEdit, Micro, NetBeans, Notepad. Oh no, these are de- plugins. Notepad plus plus, PHP Storm, Sublime, Text uh, Adopt, TextMate, Vim, VS Code, and then there's IDEs where it just works out of the box. You don't have to do anything. So ready for this? Everyone's mm. favorite, BB Edit, CodeLite, mm. Elementary Code, Builder. I guess GitHub something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, GitHub Code Viewer and Editor, Gogs, IntelliJ, KText Editor, Komodo, Cocoon. Visual Studio slash Mono Develop, you know, for Mac, PyCharm, Resharper, Rider, RubyMine, SourceLayer, TortoiseGit, v- Visual Studio, and WebStorm. So everywhere. It works everywhere, basically. Oh, what you're also telling me is I really need to implement this in continuous ASAP. <laughs> and then you can get it on the website. How cool would that be? Yeah. <laughs> you could... uh, yeah, so it's a standard then, I think, is to summarize all that's all those millions of names you just mentioned. Yes, it's a standard, and then you can you can build on top of it. So the .NET and C Sharp and VB specific things like they built on top of it to say we also support these things. Yeah, it was just a bunch of identifiers, and that's the part we mentioned. You're just going to have to get the documentation or that awesome extension that I hope someone will also write for VS for Mac because that sounds great. Yeah, that'd be rad. Well, I want to get hmm. deeper, Frank, but you know what time it is? It is time to thank our good friends over at Visual Studio Live, because guess what? They'll tell you all about this awesome stuff inside of Visual Studio. They are the development world's trusted educational provider of developer-focused content all the way since 1993. They run amazing developer conferences all over the United States, focusing on .NET and Visual Studio. And they have a few more upcoming events that I want to tell you about. Um, The first one is actually this month, upcoming in Chicago, September 17th through the 20th. Um, it's going to be in downtown Chicago. Actually, Amanda Silver is going to be doing a keynote there, which I'm super excited for. In October, they're going to have one in San Diego. And then in December is their big one in Orlando. I'll be there. I'll be keynoting. You can come see me in person. I'll hand about a bunch of Merge Conflict sticker, stickers. Um, and if you're looking to learn about .NET, Visual Studio, ASP.NET, DevOps, ASP.NET Core, Angular, Xamarin, you name it, they have it. Now, what's great is any of our listeners can attend any of the conferences and get $500 off by using discount code MERGEConflict. One word, all caps, MERGEConflict. Just go to vslive.com to learn more or click on the show notes, VSLive, to go directly there and use coupon code MERGEConflict. And thanks to VSLive for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Thanks, VSLive. Thanks, VSLive. 
I'm loving this editor config. Uh, I, I think I, I don't, I didn't mention it, but I've been using editor config since before the editor supported it. Mm. In fact, like it didn't work <laughs> and I thought it was working, but it wasn't, but I was under the naive impression that this thing would work. So I've been excited for it ever since. But then you keep mentioning this thing called style cop. Mm. And I feel like editor config is doing pretty much everything I could ask for, for something like this. So what is style cop and convince me that I need more than just editor config? Yeah, so style cop, that's a great question because style cop is now just a um, analyzer for C-sharp code to do enforcements and specifically do additional build errors via command line or via in CI or in other aspects of it. It's just a NuGet package now, actually. Um, and it, okay. and it runs into, it works with Roslyn based style ca- cop analyzers. So right. it's kind of like this cascading cause there's a whole .NET analyzers GitHub thing. And yeah. And the whole reason here is to get really, I guess, finite on your style cop rules. And it, it is, it is like everything. It is more than, mm, it's more than editor config, which is more of styling and spacing. This is absolutely everything under the sun. So for instance, I don't think that there's a way an editor config to be like that things have to align or there has to be, there has to be a new line in between, um, um, methods for instance, or there has to be a new line in between the end of an if statement and anything after it, you know, type of thing. Like you get really granular in your, um, in every single aspect of, of what you're doing. And there's hundreds upon hundreds of different rules and sets that you can configure on and off. And this is what we use inside of, um, Xamarin essentials to ensure like our styles are the same across all of our projects. Um, not only editor config to help like when I'm developing and to get recommendations, um, but it goes a step further just to further the enforcement of, of also, I would say like naming conventions, um, can get really granular. It'll enforce things such as, you know, proper Pascal versus if it's read only versus it's a static versus a const versus like any little possible thing that you can possibly do, I guess. And yeah, we have an entire like rule set that you can just toggle on and off. And then you also define like if you want it to be none, a warning, an error or other things, but it just kind of pairs in with, I guess, the editor itself. So the IntelliSense inside of Visual Studio, it's not just going to give you like a little dot, dot, dot recommendation. It's going to give you like a squiggly underscore. It's an error type of deal. Um, and it overrides the, it's like the, it's the end all be all. It is the overriding. Everything is super important. I'm going to do whatever I want type of thing. Um, wow. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. And you're overwhelming me because you're uh, bringing me back to some FX cop uh, scary memories. But I want to rewind real quick <laughs> um, because I actually want to pick your brain for a few more examples because you're not overwhelming me. So okay. I have some more questions. But um, I do want to give a shout out to the Roslyn analyzers. 
And this is just a little feature of Roslyn where if you're at all comfortable with uh, working with programming languages and uh, syntax trees, things we've talked about on this podcast before, Microsoft has made it really easy to write your own little programs that analyze code and you know produce warnings and errors like the StyleCop is doing because it sounds like StyleCop is built using that technology. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to analyzers that even if StyleCop doesn't have something baked in, it's uh, pretty easy, I think, if you're at all comfortable with programming languages to write uh, analyzers for them. Yeah. But now... Your examples. You're, you're not overwhelming me, but I do have one question. Uh, so have you set up a lot of like naming rules? Because I remember back in the day, we had all sorts of ones like methods should start with a verb and the adjective has to become has to come before the noun. It was almost like we're giving sentence structure to names. And these rules got so insane that like you couldn't write one line of code without having to fix 10 things about it. And it just drove me nuts. And so it was liberating to get back to something like VI or a basic text editor that didn't have these rules because there's this line where it just becomes so annoying. But that said, does it have naming stuff? I'm just curious. It does. So some of ours are um, variable names should not be prefix. Field name should not begin with underscore. Field name should not contain underscore. Um, accessible fields should begin with uppercase. They should begin, mm. um, field names should begin with lowercase. Uh, field names should not use Hungarian notation. Then there, you can get real granular, like non-private read-only. Const fields begin with uppercase. Yeah. Uh, interfaces begin with I. So see how like they're very, like they're con- more convention-based. Where editor config is, hey, like here is a bunch of like the how your code is, the how the editor. It's it, that's the editor config is how the editor is doing things, I guess, um, itself. Yeah. And it has some of the style cop stuff in there, right? So it's kind of a hybrid where style cop is like, I'm going to just dump everything. Like, how do you do use read only's or statics or event accessors or like all these little like attributes should not share line, right? And you shouldn't combine attributes and, you know, don't combine fields and, you know, um, always use Lambda syntax and all these little things things yeah so yeah i i have to correct you though because editor config does have the uh not correct you because you said it uh they they share some things but in your examples like the prefixing with the underscores Mm. that actually is an editor config Ah. and the only reason i know that (laughs) the reason i know that is the one file i keep copying around to all my projects turns out had ridiculous settings there you know it wanted like s underscore for statics that are read only and i'm just like oh god no this isn't c plus plus we don't write code like that and so i had to go tear through and i'm still in the process of updating you know every individual copy of this file (laughs) to fix that so that seems just just one cool thing yeah that that does seem to be the issue no matter what you're doing is that these files you know if you have a lot of projects you almost need a sub repo that just has that in it that's actually a great idea if you have a sub repo (laughs) that has all of your rules you're like i want all of my projects to do it and then you just actually that's a good idea um, yeah. you're welcome. Hmm. You're welcome. Well, you know, that, that could be a feature of editor config itself. They could have an import statement, something like that. So they, they could fix it at that level too. Yeah. But yeah, do that too. But, um, uh, any other examples from style cop? I'm still not convinced. I'm still pretty happy with my simple one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, any I, other good rules? There's, a, there's, there's the, also, there's like additional code fixes and things. There's, 
closing square bracket should be spaced correctly. Like, should you have a space in between things? Processor keyword should not be preceded by a space. So there's all these little niche little things and, um, you know, things that should be spaced correctly. And, you know, you should use tabs correctly and, you know, code should not contain trailing white space. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, all that, all that, stuff. you're not allowed to prefix locals with this, you know, for instance, you can't do that. Don't do that. Slack. <laughs> um, there's all these little things yeah. and, you know, co- style cop has been around for like ever, you know, forever since visual studio. Oh gosh. I was just looking at their 2010. Mm, okay. So, so can you help, help me with a little history? I mentioned FX cop before, but I actually don't know if there's any relationship between FX cop and style cop. And I haven't used FX cop in many years. Can you clarify some of that? That's a great question. Can you? Yes. Um, <laughs> so style cop, um, how Wikipedia describes this is more of a static code analysis, more like linting type program. Um, that's what it says. And then FX cap analyzes the compiled object code, not the original source code. That's the difference. Whoa. Okay. So it's still out there and it still probably provides different features. Then looks like we might have to do a follow-up episode when we discover FX cop. Yeah. You haven't had a need for it because it seems like with the editor config and style cop, it seems like we kind of have our bases covered. I feel like maybe that's the C++. I mean, so what what they're saying here is like, it uses CLI parsing and call graph and anal- analysis to inspect assemblies. Mm-hmm. So things like for com interrupt, like rules that detect com interrupt issues, uh, globalization, naming, performance. So I guess it does other, yeah, tiny under the hood stuff. It's totally supported Ooh. still. So I like the performance one. If it can do a quick little analysis, I used to joke around that I would write one of those. It would try to like give you the big O notation of any function you write. <laughs> Be great to have one of those. Yeah, just so you know, roughly. But uh, let, let's hit on a. I've been kind of avoiding it because I, I can't run a lot of these things on the code because I'm worried about doing a giant white space change in my code base because. Some of them are eight years worth of code, and they have a variety of styles. And we mentioned before this episode that if you start with um, these rules in place, then everything goes wonderfully. Are you going to backport all this stuff to all your projects and clean things up? Were you a better coder than me? And you're super consistent because I'm in trouble, dude. So I started with editor config, and I put it on every single project I possibly do. It's my file new copy over the editor config. I went back and I put it in every single one, every single open source project that had, you know, a lot of contributions to it. And I kind of went in once it's in there, what I do is I just control a control KF and then that reformats yeah. everything and boom, that's at least at a high so you level. Do that? Yeah, I do that. You'll, you're just doing the white space change do it all. commits. Do it all. Okay. Do it all. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. Tear off that bandage. Open it. Okay. Every single Got file it. go. Okay. I just haven't had the confidence to do that, but whatever. Git history is not that precious. Yeah. No, it's not that precious. (laughs) I just wish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I was always just hesitating. And then I get a little bit sad when I see 8,000 little blue markers on the right-hand side of the editor now saying, oh, look, you named that wrong. You named that wrong, but I'll get over it. I just hope that I don't turn the feature off. That's my biggest fear is I'm going to get annoyed with all the blue squigglies and just start 
can't wing it. Well, that means that your code styles are different than how you're actually coding. <laughs> if you keep getting blue squiggles. <laughs> no, it's because I've used different editors in the past and every editor had different defaults. And so the code is just randomly formatted in parts. I see. Yeah. yeah. Not, not even better. worse. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I will say that I love it. I think it's great. Um, now, one thing that is cool that I do want to mention is if you are using Visual Studio 2017, you can install the preview of IntelliCode for C Sharp, and it will generate the editor config file based off of your 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 code automatically. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool because yeah, <laughs> while I'm copying this file around, I have to go into the editor, select a bunch of text in a file, see what I roughly was doing, go to another file, select a bunch of text, see what I was roughly doing. So that would have saved me a bunch of time today, in fact, because I was doing that for three different projects today. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and and what did you say? It's in beta or it's an extension or it's a NuGet? It's a extension for VS and Visual Studio. It's a... Um... So if you don't know what IntelliCode is, it's a preview. I guess it's preview currently. It's a set of AI-assisted capabilities that improve developer productivity with features like contextual IntelliSense, code formatting and style rule and inference and focused reviews for your pull requests. I really need to study up on IntelliCode. Maybe we should do an episode on it because I was excited by it when I was uh, first saw it. It was in a keynote for Build. Was that when it was shown off? Build or connect, one of the two. Okay. Yeah, maybe build. Build, because it came out in May, so yes. Yeah. Terrible me. I'm like, oh, that's just for Visual Studio for Windows, so I kind of ignored it. But now you really have me intrigued, because it sounds like a lot of machine learning stuff, and I'd love to see uh, what it can do. I'm installing it. I'm installing it as we speak, Frank. The neural network is transferring to your computer. Oh, crazy. It has four and a half stars, 82,000 installs. So that's pretty wow. good. Mm-hmm. People love it, it sounds like. Okay. I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens. I literally am very confused, but I <laughs> it installed the entire neural network installed in under five, five, five seconds, really. It was like done. It just installed in like under a minute. That was bananas. I will appreciate the uh, better IntelliSense where it's not just using what you type, but what you probably meant to type. That would... That's that's wonderful. We talked about my little text prediction thing, and it doesn't do that trick because it, mm. it's focused on uh, symbols and things like that. It doesn't do the guessing which name you meant to type. And that is a feature I also want to steal now because that just sounds fantastic. Yeah, you need to put more of it in, in your app, all of it in your app all the time. Make it <laughs> of course. <laughs> What else did we do? Anything else? Did we spend 35 minutes talking about editor config, which is the greatest thing in the entire world? But did did, did we do it? (laughs) Yeah, I think we did. Because, (laughs) well, for me, it's just a relief. So I'm happy that it's out there. I'm happy that it's in all the editors because now I don't have to turn down any PRs. And I'm hoping to just spread the word. Everyone, update your Visual Studios. Go to that update. Do it. Don't be like me. Update it now so that you get this. And then I'll be looking forward to all the wonderfully formatted PRs. We can finally work together on a project, Frank. I'm very excited. (laughs) Wait, what? What did I agree to? Well, because now our coding conventions, I can actually follow your crazy coding conventions, Mr. Curly Braces on the same line. 
animal. No, I think you'll still fight. I think you'll still, there'll still be some merge conflicts when we try to accept that PR. Yeah. Yeah. You and I will never agree on coding conventions, but that's okay, Frank, because I still love you. Oh, thank you. I know. Yeah. Right back at you. Yeah, maybe. See, he he had to think about it, listeners. After 114 episodes, he still had to think about it. But that's okay, because I'm glad that you're back in Seattle, and it's beautiful here. And, um, you know, you're going to finish that um, USS Enterprise that um, I got you six months ago. Yeah, Yeah, I only have about 2,000 more pieces to go. So at my current rate, I'm projecting 2026, I believe. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, I've been here for eight years, and if I have to stay here eight more years, and I guess I'm going to do it, Frank. <sighs> All right. Well, that's going to do it because we literally have nothing else to talk about. So until next time, you can follow us everywhere on the internet. I'm at James Montemagno, at Proclarum. The podcast is at Merge Conflict. You can find us at mergeconflict.fm, and you can write in. You can tell us what you want to hear on the podcast, what you think about the podcast. You can even donate to the podcast, becoming a patron. Just simply go to mergeconflict.fm and hit the support button in the top right, and you'll find out all the details that you need. So until next time, this has been Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.